Okay, hello everyone, welcome and thank you so much for being here. A special thank you to our guest, um, Dr. Leila Hussain, um, who I'm interviewing today. Um, she's running to become um, the next rector at the University of St. Andrews and we're also joined by some members of her campaign team. Um, so thank you very much for being here today and for arranging for everyone who helped to arrange this. Um, just some little background information, Dr. Leila Hussain is a um, psychotherapist, global leader on gender rights and lecturer. She's an award-winning international campaigner and a work has been presented at um, Oxford, Cambridge, UCL, Exeter and various Ivy League institutions including Columbia, Harvard and Georgetown. She's an advisor to the UK Department of Health and has been recognized as a key consulting expert on female genital mutilation. She's a mental health professional and, a pas and passionate about creating safe spaces for women and girls. Furthermore, she's part of a global network of black women building well-being communities. Leila, it is an honor to interview you today, especially about a topic that I'm passionate about, um, which is climate justice and activism, and I'm really excited Amazing. to hear your thoughts Amazing. on this topic. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leah. <laughs> Pleasure. Um, so, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, just to start off, what, what makes you passionate about wanting to become the next rector at the University of St. Andrews? Well, what makes me passionate? I think it's just all those things that you listed. One, I'm very passionate about people having access is very important to me. And also not just having access, but people can have people have to be able to afford to have access to. But it's all connected to injustice, which is, you know, as, as you rightly said, you know, climate change, you know, gender inequality, race, you know, all those things are actually very much connected. And I think uh, St. Andrews is, is about time we shook things up and I think we need people who are not going to apologize for wanting change and I have a record of not apologizing for wanting change and and I'm really excited about working with I think really one of the re one of the biggest reasons I wanted to come to St. Andrews it's the students really seeing the activism amongst the students especially in such difficult times it's this is literally finding my younger version of my tribe, I guess. So I'm really excited that I'm running for this position. Yeah, thank you. It's very it's all very exciting. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, to dive into the topic, what do you think of uh, the global climate youth movement? And um, how do you think has it been significant like in the past? I think years? any any movement led by young people has been extremely significant in my view. I started as a youth activist. I was 21 when I got involved in activism. But actually looking back, even if you think about for yourself, it wasn't something that started when you were at uni. Actually, my mother would always tell me, she was Leila, from the moment you could speak, you were questioning things. So activism, but also in terms of uh, 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 um, why especially climate change has been important is because our politicians are not taking it seriously. And historically, any form of activism that was put to the forefront, it was young people that led it. And this is why it really upsets me when young people actually left out from the table. Mm. And they are key, critical uh, uh, generation that needs to be at the forefront. But you can't be at the forefront on your own. You have to be supported. And when I say supported, put finances, you know, put finances and resources to make sure we do take care of our climate and acknowledge is a massive issue. Just... I mean, we, we've got COVID and, 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 and racism we're dealing with, but parts of California is burning down. There are parts of in, in, in Africa right now where there's literally drought. You know, it's dry. And the idea that we're not even speaking about it, it's another form of pandemic as far as I'm concerned. The fact that we're not outraged, it's shocking to me. And it's all very much connected. And I know this from my work, work with women and girls, especially when I worked in Africa. Certain projects could not be delivered because there were floods. We couldn't get there. 
And that never used to happen in that particular region in Kenya, for example. Or we would get reports saying, well, you know, we couldn't have some of the women to come this way because now their farms have dried up and there's no crops, there's nothing. So it's all very much connected. So for me, you can't have a conversation without the other. But I'm extremely excited, again, that young people are still leading us. But I don't think they should be left alone to lead it on their own. I don't think that's fair. Our politicians get paid to do this, so they should do it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless and they give you the job, then I'm definitely up for that. Like, make sure that all these politicians get yeah. the young people to rule this country. And I, and I think we'll see some changes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually just sometimes it's so frustrating because obviously it's so much about our future and then other times just... But then there's so much pressure on us for that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I I have an 18-year-old daughter who's really paying attention. And not because of me. She watches her peers in that space. So that's why it's important, again, young people being at the forefront of this. As much as I could be influential to other people, somehow my daughter, I'm just her mother. (laughs) Do you see what I mean? She's not going to want to listen to what I'm saying. But, you know, seeing other young people be at the forefront of this, it's super important. I just wish... It wasn't just on their own time. I think that has to be resourced well and supported and galvanized properly. Yeah, although mothers, I think, are sometimes one of the most, some of the most inspirational people just because they're mothers. So, so she's learned to appreciate me more now. She goes, oh, my God, I didn't realize you gave me such freedom. You know, I, I could be I could be myself because she's realizing not many girls have been brought up that way, especially in the community her and I come from. So, yeah. Yeah, so maybe you can explain a bit more. How how does your work connect to the term climate justice and how do you think you can bring that to St. Andrews? Like I said to you, it's all connected. Me being passionate, I can't, for me, human rights or any injustices is not, I, I always say it's not like Pizza Hut buffet where you can just pick and choose. You either for all or you stay out of it. You can't say, oh yeah, I will talk about climate change and not discuss gender inequality or racism because they're all interconnected so for me what i would like to do at st andrews is actually make sure all those are all those issues are actually we, we speak about it within the same context in the same table and i think that's what at st andrews needs because i don't yeah. want uh I, I i hear people say oh, no, no I'm, I'm a climate change uh, uh advocate well you are but in order to advocate you have to acknowledge that those it's causing problems too which is mainly women and girls you know, in certain parts of the world, which is extremely difficult. So for me, I would like, I guess my, my, my mantra has been, I want to create a safe space where we can actually have these conversations all in one place. And wouldn't it be better if we fought it together instead of fighting separate issues? Yeah. And actually, we can coordinate in a much better space to do that. And But again, you know, in, in, in the world of social media, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I promise, I, I, can't, I can't promise I'll be on Snapchat. Uh, that's not that's not what I do, but I'll be working with the young people who are using such platforms. To me, we have to talk about all within the same context because these are and again, I don't know if you noticed, know, climate change and gender equality and racism are ignored issues. No one's coming out protests and having lockdowns. I mean, wouldn't it be? I mean, when when we had the lockdowns at the beginning, I'm not saying much changed in in the environment. I live in London. I could tell the air was different. So why can't we quarantine three times of the month? If we budgeted properly, why couldn't we do that? Why aren't we teaching uh, climate issues in school? It should be part of our school curriculum. You know, it's part of our self-care. For me, mental health, you know, well-being, climate, it's all in one 
in one con the idea that, I mean not offense to those work study maths but I spent hours learning algebra that I never used again I would have benefited a lot if some if I was taught about how to take care of my you know climate if I were if I learned how to take care of myself emotionally you know no one told me about finances and relationships the key things you need you know I didn't know how to deal with you know asshole boyfriends mind my language Mm. But I spent hours learning about algebra. I didn't even know how my body looked like. So for me, all those, in order to make real, real change. I mean, what one of the things that we could do at St. Andrews is actually we can create our own curriculum on how we teach the next generation about climate change. I think the quicker, the earlier you do it, if you teach four or five-year-olds, you know, don't use plastic. You know, avoid uh, uh, using too much water. You know, if you just teach, because we're being conditioned, right, to behave the other way. Why don't we just turn that around and actually change it and do it from a very young I think this has to be taught at a very young age. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also something that, like you said, that all, all of these issues are so interconnected. It's so interconnected. I, I, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm currently working on a, uh, a movement called Africa-led movement. And, somebody, uh, and, and even though the UK government funded it as is a, is a movement to end FGM, but when we were writing the bid, we couldn't not mention the climate issues because that's what gets in the way. A lot of girls, for example, are forced. I don't like the word early marriage. I think you cannot marry a child. That is not the term I like to use, but that's where the word recognizes it. But if you look at uh, the reason early marriage has risen is because of economical issues. It's because those families have lost their farms due to climate change. So all this. So, so the fact that the climate's changing, meaning people are losing economically, meaning girls are being put at risk. So do you see why you can't have one conversation without the other? So for me, bringing that into one and actually coordinating those conversations. And we can go into a battle all at once and not be scared on our own. Because usually it can be very, as you know, as an activist, it can be a very lonely place, mm. especially when you're talking about issues that politicians don't want to touch or acknowledge. Yeah. And I think in the end, it's it's very much about it affects all of us. And it's like, regardless of what you want to study, what you want to take on, we all need to be advocates for social justice and for climate justice. Absolutely. And and we all need to learn from each other. I'm actually looking forward to learning more from, you know, you and others in terms of because, you know, it, it's I think every general. I remember when I became an activist at quite a young age, mm-hmm. the older activists didn't get my visions and views. So I promised myself when I become the older one. That I would create a space where I can listen to the young activists. Because, you know, you guys have much more energy than I used to. Like, I really, I, I'm tired. <laughs> but I will yeah. teach you how to, but we can coordinate these conversations all, mm-hmm. and, and fight it all at once. I think this answers pretty, almost pretty much answers the next question, but I'll just put it out again in case um, you have anything to add. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what do you, how would you like to help students and activists in St. Andrews to push for a sustainable and socially just future? Ah, that kind of answers what. That was kind of the what I said in the last. Yeah. Maybe what I will add. I want, I want, I want the students of St Andrews, not just to think about their own environment, but there's another world out there that we can be part of. I think to me that's that's so important. That's super, super important. There is another world out there besides that bubble. I think. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I only been to St Andrews um, early this year and you can feel that bubble as soon as you walk in and part of me it's like oh my god there's another world out there that you guys and i and i'm in that world 
to St Andrews because I'm not, I, didn't, I never been to St Andrews, I never studied there. I came back lecturing and speaking. But I guess for me, that's what I would, there, there is, I guess also there's such a, again, what I loved about meeting the students, such energy. I mean, I said to my campaigning team that, you know, I would like to recruit all of them for the work that I'm doing in Africa right now. So for me, it's I wanted to think outside of their bubble, outside of that box, whenever we're talking about injustice, mm. you know, gender issues, climate change, you know, they, they, let's look at outside the box and just look at to other movements as well. Yeah, drawing off, because obviously you're also very passionate about mental health. Um, what do you um, think needs to be done in St. Andrews to address like growing uh, climate anxiety in the future? And how can activists actually protect their mental well-being? Because like you said, it also can be very taxing um, and difficult oh, to be an activist. I'm, I'm so, when I say passionate about it, because I was a young activist who had breakdowns. I had burnouts, as you know, as an activist. If you're studying and trying to change the world and you're a woman, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like it's it's super exhausting. Like it, and it affects all. Yeah, I mean the fact that you can sleep. If you if you have time to sleep and brush your hair, that's a good thing. You know, like uh, and it, well, what, what, what what then what happens? You deprive yourself of simple pleasures like going to sleep or going on a date or just washing your hair. <laughs> because this consumes you. So I actually developed an emotional well-being tool for frontline activists. One of the things I really would love to do at St. Andrews is actually to create, because I don't like brushing everybody with the same, don't like to paint everybody with the same brush. Yes, there's an idea. So I, I work with companies, uh, different NGOs. So what I do, I use my counseling because you assess people, you see what their needs are, and you, you, know, you create something for them. So what would be good at St. Andrews, what we can do in terms of um, how we deal with mental health, especially those who are, are also activists. It's a very, you know, it's, it's, there's a culture of activism at St. Andrews, which I'm very, very become very aware of. We can actually create our own model on well-being. And it's not just about mental health, you know, how do you have, uh, you know, how do you make playtime for yourself? You know, when do you sleep? I actually, actually have a map that I use, mapping exercise, you know, who do you call when you're in trouble? So those, so what we could do at St. Andrews, it's, and, and obviously what that does when you create something like that, it removes, the reason people don't seek help in mental health, there's the shame connected to it, there's a the stigma connected to it, but it has to come though from the top. It, that, that shouldn't be up to the students. Mm. Top, top. And, and I guess as a, as, as, as a rector, I will, I will I'll get to be in that position where I can advocate and say, hey, you guys. I mean, I, last year, I was on the panel with the woman who founded Mental Health Day at a big conference, and I, we were on this big panel about mental health. You know, all these ministers were on this, you know, who, who invested. And I said, are you guys going to be brave enough to admit that you guys have mental health issues? So I got up and I said, hi, my name is Leila Hussein and I suffer from depression and anxiety. Because I said, we have to, we have to be the ones in power who get to be in that position of power to actually say I'm the one who has mental, because when I say I have mental health issues, it helps the other person too. So they all got up and said, oh yeah, I have suicidal thoughts. You know, I, and literally, we saw the whole room just got up because what we did as a panelist who are seen experts, we talked to us and let's let's own our shit first before we tell the people what to do. Mm-hmm. So for me, we have to remove the stigma around mental health first. We can create our own resource or tool specifically for St. Andrews. I don't think any other university actually has some similar things. And I love creating new things and I love the co-creation. Mm-hmm. For me, any project I created, especially with, with activists or young people, 
I love co-creating. So I, I, I will facilitate because I can't tell them what they need. All I can do is give advise you and facilitate. But you guys know your environment more than anyone else. Sorry, that was a long answer for you. Wonderful. <laughs> We're creating a project as we speak. <laughs> yeah, we should, definitely. Because well-being, it's so important, especially if you're an activist. And I'm going to push female activists, or if you're black, you are even more at risk because you're dealing with... So as a woman, you're constantly being either ob- being objectified, you're not taken seriously. How many times I've seen female activists who are leading uh, 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 um, discussions or campaigns, but in the campaigning group, the boys will always expect the girl to go and get the cup of tea or clean it or organize everything else. Like you're the glorified secretary in that space. So that actually has an impact, you know, on, 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 on the women. And so we have to make sure everybody feels safe and there's equality in those spaces. Just because someone, people think just because someone calls themselves an activist, that doesn't mean they really understood what equality actually means. So. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. mental health in itself is a is a form of pandemic that really is not a silent yeah. pandemic that is not. Well, actually, uh, there was a there was a stats a few weeks ago where one week I think uh, eleven or fourteen people died from COVID and one hundred and seventy two died from suicide. And I'm like, why are we? This is this and and and, and you know, um, uh, mental health pandemic has been a it's been a pandemic for a long time, but because there's a shame connected to it. That's why no one's going to speak about it. So this is a great opportunity again at St. Andrews. And, you can, and St. Andrews can be a great example to other universities. Uh, you know, we can start with the universities in uh, Scotland and then maybe we can roll this around to other universities in terms of we have to talk about it, especially after COVID. I'm so, I remember when the lockdowns began, I said to a couple of colleagues, I promise you by next year, more people are going to die from mental health issues than COVID because this is so, so dangerous. That people, I mean, telling people to isolate themselves on their own, it's unnatural. It's not. As someone who had to study human behavior, this is one of the most dangerous things you can do to a human being. Mm-hmm. So St. Andrews needs to be very prepared in terms of how their students, students are coming back, or those already there, how they're going to access mental health. Stuff. And, 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 and in our manifesto, this is something that I'm very clear on in terms of we need to have access to mental health is absolutely key and the university will have to be accountable you know if they put people at risk and they will be called out i'll be i i i I, again i'm not apologizing for calling that out yeah definitely i think that fits very well with like the final question that i have for today and that is what message would you like to give to students in st andrews and the st andrews community in this really rather challenging time I would, my advice to them would be, if you're struggling and things are tough, that's okay, because things are actually tough. It's seriously tough. It's not easy. Please do not compare yourself to somebody who's on Instagram exercising and eating healthy right now, because that's the worst thing you can do to yourself. Um, I think the, the message I've been giving to everybody, actually, um, during this difficult time, you have to be extremely kind to yourself, because the world has gone mad, in case you haven't noticed. People have been mean. Uh, I hate going on social media at the moment. Like, literally, it's like people are so angry. It's become, it's disgrace. I mean, last night I couldn't even watch the debate, the US debate. I couldn't watch it because there's a mean culture. So for me, kindness, I know it sounds, it might sound very hippish about this, but kindness is something we can all afford and we all need it. 
and the person you start with kindness is yourself first especially when you're having a really hard time i really cannot stress that enough kindness is what we we need to bring back kindness like asap it's needed kindness can save the world I oh think my that's goodness kindness and love love is always the answer again listen you it might be your first hippie rector that will come with purple lipstick okay <laughs> It's needed. Kindness and love is really the answer. Like to me, without those two, I don't think we'll survive. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. This brings us, unfortunately, already to the end of this short interview. And I want to thank you so much for your time and insight. It's been, yeah, really inspiring. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you and to meet you virtually. Oh, listen, if if I get this position, I cannot wait to work with you. I just want to tell you that. (laughs) And yeah. So, yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Hope thank a wonderful so day. Much. And, yeah, too. hopefully we'll get to meet soon. Yes, we will. We will. Dear listener, this interview is part of a series I'm doing with all three rector candidates for the 2020 University of St. Andrews Rector election, um, especially on the topic of environmentalism, climate change and climate justice. And I hope you will listen to all three and hear what they have to say. Um, And thank you so much to the different candidates. And thank you to you as listeners for taking time to hear this. If you're a student, please make sure to vote in the elections this week on Thursday and Friday. Um, Vote for the planet, vote for social justice and vote for the issues that you care about in St. Andrews. Don't forget to be kind to one another, to this planet um, and um, to yourself.